Hello, Miss Samantha. Hello. Happy Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday morning. You had a rough day yesterday. I did have a rough day. I fell down at work. Yeah. Which is super embarrassing. (laughs) I hope nobody saw it. Yeah. I, they did. I work at a car wash and there was a, I was, it's an automatic car wash, but I have to like bring people in and like spray off the cars first. Right. And I'm bringing in this construction truck with like five construction workers in it. And I was in there by myself. So no one was on the passenger side. So I had to cross in front of the truck to like push in the mirror. And so I push it in as my supervisor goes hey don't do that and I'm like I'm gonna do it again thinking he's joking right yeah no my bottom of my pants were wet and I contacted with the rubber and just ate it eek ate it and they're all like leaned forward mouths open I'm like everybody in the truck yeah I'm like mouthing at them like pretend like it didn't happen and just carry on about your day (laughs) but I feel it now I feel it yeah that sucks I'm getting a little too old to fall down well I mean that sucks (laughs) I thought that I was having, like, the beginning of a heart attack for the last three days. Hmm. Like, my chest hurt really bad, like, on the right side. You know, the thing is, is that if something's wrong with you, don't ever Google what your symptoms are. Oh, yeah, don't ever do that. Because WebMD will tell you that you're dying. 100%. You have cancer, you're dying. Absolutely. Having a stroke. So I've been having, like, really, really bad chest pain. Oops, I just spit on you. You just spit on me. (laughs) Um, on the right side of my chest, but like also in the back of my shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. Well, if you type those symptoms in, what are you, you're having a heart attack. Yeah. So I'm like last will and testament. I need to pre-record a few and be funny. So I'll be remembered as, you know, whatever. No, that's not what it was. I hope it wasn't. No, I had a rib out. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know why I didn't know this, but I didn't know that your ribs went up that bad or that high. Yep. So. For anybody that's out, for everybody that's out there, if you have chest pain on one side and also in the back under your, behind your shoulder blade at the same location, it's a rib. <laughs> you, it's not a heart attack. You're going to be okay. Just go to the chiropractor. Just go to the chiropractor. But I went to the chiropractor this morning because my back was hurting and he didn't fix it. <laughs> so I'm not super happy with my chiropractor. I love my chiropractor. Yeah, I was going to say whatever. Yeah, I I but, love my chiropractor, so. Yeah, I love him. And they're not the same person. They're not the same person. I love my chiropractor. No, but we love our chiropractors for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> my chiropractor is a really, really, really good chiropractor. Yeah, mine is just like you can walk in whenever, like whenever, and you're in and out really, really fast. But you're in really, really fast. You're in and out really yeah. fast. So I think sometimes... Sometimes he doesn't catch everything. Yeah. But at any rate, I'm not having a heart attack. She's fine. I'm going to be okay, but my chest and my back hurt pretty bad. I'm sorry. Pretty bad. I like your knee. So. My knee, my ankle, my hip. So is it your right side or your left side? My left. Okay, well, mine is the right side. We make one whole person. So together we make one whole person. One functioning human being. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Farewell. So, guess who I spoke to today on the phone? Ronald McDonald. Yep. That's exactly who I spoke to. I spoke to your Aunt Christine. Ah, Aunt Chrissy. Hello. And um, Samantha is one of two people in this world that can get away with calling her Chrissy. Yeah, literally not even my siblings can call her that. No. Her name is Christine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always called her Chrissy. So, she is my big sister. She is one year, one month, and one day older than I am. (laughs) And she is... My 
the only person, the only person in my life who has loved me every single second of my life. Yeah. And she is my greatest fan. My gra- I mean, I, I love her yeah. so much. So much. Anyway, she called me today and told me that she had her first appointment for something that is super interesting to me. Mm, what? She is doing brain mapping. Ah, I was telling you I wanted to do that. Did you tell her that? I got so excited and I was like, Christine, please share the results with me. Like, can I please see them? Because if you don't know anything about, I don't know a whole lot about brain mapping. Oh, yeah. I brought this up to you like a few months ago. Mm. Oh, man, that's sick. Okay, I'm excited. I know. So it's basically, because I was like, what did they do? Like, tell me everything from when you walked in the door to when you, because this is super interesting to me. And being in Wyoming, we get things like 10 years after they come out. And I'm super interested in this. So if I understand it correctly, it's like brain analyzing when where they can pinpoint based on like colorization of like scans of different different whatever and I'll tell you what they do in there based on what she told me but they can pinpoint at what age trauma happened to you what kind of trauma it is how you're going to react to certain things diagnoses like they can tell that was a very loud motorcycle that was a very loud motorcycle anyway Super, super cool. So I was like, what did they do? How did they do it? Like, do they have stickies all over your head or blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, no. She's like, you go in and it's like a, it's like a cap, like a helmet, but, but not like a helmet. But it's like that, like a cap that they put on your head and it's got all these wires coming out. And she said at first, they just have you close your eyes and just sit there for like five minutes and just let your brain do what your brain is going to do. And then they do certain different things, like they'll flash lights. That would make me have a straight seizure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they flash lights, they play harp music, they play like loud music, they play like all these different things to see how your brain is going to react to different things. And then they can read it. They can map your brain with this stuff. Yeah. So I was like, when do you, how many sessions is it to like get it done? And she's like, well, I think it's like total 20 I'm like 20, like to work through, like to work through the trauma or to, I don't know, whatever, but it's very cool. She told me though, that when she gets her printout that she's going to send it to me and I very, very much, and of course I'm going to ask her permission to do this, but she's, I mean, she's pretty cool. Obviously she's related to me, um, (laughs) but like take out all of her identifying personal information or whatever and like post it so everybody can see what this is because this is so cool yeah i've heard about this before the kardashians but like i know in some cases they'll have you do like an assessment first and then when you get a response be like okay so you lied here here and here on if you have anxiety or if you if this situation makes you anxious you lied on your questionnaire about that yeah Ugh. Yeah, but that's that's going to be so interesting. Like, it would be so cool to be able to say, oh my gosh, as an adult, I have this behavior because this trauma happened to me and this is what it was. Right. Because I've said this before, like, your brain will block things. Right. Your br- not Yeah, your brain. Your brain will block things to protect itself and to protect you. Like, it's the brain is so fascinating. Well, but Aunt, the body never forgets. Yeah. Aunt Chrissy, thanks for being the test dummy on this because yeah. I literally brought this up to mom. Like, what? It was right after the it goes was a while ago. It was right after the goats were born, 
And mm-hmm. I was like, have you heard about this? I want to get this done. Will you do it with me? So thank you for being the test dummy here. Yeah, and I wanted to, too. Like, I've wanted to since I read an article when it first came out, when they first started, well, publicly saying that they were doing it. Right. But um, but there's nowhere around here that does it. I know. You'd have to probably go to, like, Colorado. Yeah. So, so again, I am younger than Christine is. And... Um, Samantha always says that I'm 197 years old, which I'm not, but I am 47. I just had a birthday and my sister is a year older than me. So she's 48 years old and guess what she else she's doing? What? She just enrolled in college. Oh, I'm so proud of you. And she is going back to school. She just got divorced, um, um, a year ago, two years ago. And, um, she's, she was a stay-at-home mom. Not that she ever stayed home and didn't work, but she was primary. I mean, she was a mom mm-hmm. and a wife, so she stayed home and tended to house and and took that took those responsibilities and those roles very seriously. But she um, got divorced a couple years ago, and now she's like, I want to do that. And so she's at forty-eight years old, gonna start college and go to college, and she's gonna study psychology oh wow (laughs) that makes my heart so happy I'm just like I'm so proud of her so proud of her like could you she's she's a bomb ass bitch yeah she is she's so everybody always says that I look more like me and Chrissy than I do yeah we used to joke about that how because one of her kids looks really a lot like you yeah and I have dark eyes and you have such light eyes and Aunt Chrissy has like dark eyes so everybody's like are you sure you guys don't like swap kids because it's funny if if Christine gives me permission to, I'll post a picture of her um, and I on IG tonight, if she gives me permission to. Um, but we look exactly the There's same. There's one so. picture of all three of us sitting there, and you can tell that Yeah, our family genes are pretty, are pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. But Christine and I, literally, we look like twins with different color hair. 100%. Yeah. But anyway. So, so there you go. You know what Christine looks like. <laughs> um, she's um, She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. But anyway, so we're going to follow that one because I'm super interested in that. That's yeah. like the next phase of psychology that is just like... Well, think about if they could use that because people... Well, you know this. You've said this. People lie on assessments and stuff Oh, all the yeah. Time. It's my biggest problem with assessments. So if, if that could just become like a more like accessible form of like oh, mental health treatment. Absolutely. A, absolutely. diagnoses mm-hmm. would not get mixed. Like, because we're humans, like a... You're afraid to put honest things on there. Well, or... I think I think if prices weren't the way that prices were to do things like this, that more people would do it for sure. Mm-hmm. But even getting a psyche eval, I mean, I remember in undergrad, I um, I mentored under a doctor who, um, God, I loved this man so much, but he told me early, early, early on in undergrad, an undergrad, he said to me. As you prepare to go to graduate school and as you prepare to enter this field, there's one thing that I want you to remember and I want you to always take seriously. And that one thing is never ask any of your clients to do something that you either haven't done or that you won't do with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what? Right? And he meant like, if you're going to ask somebody to do a behavioral analysis, you need to do it. If you're going to ask somebody to do a psyche valve, you need to do it. You need to know exactly what these things are, not just something that you read in a book. If you're going to require somebody to do an ASI, you need to take an ASI. You need to see what these things are like. 
And so going forward, before I got my bachelor's degree <clears throat> from UW, go Pokes, <laughs> um, he, he did a psyche valve on me. And, oh, my God, I was so nervous. I was so anxious. And he drug that out. Like, yeah. he wanted me to feel exactly everything that everybody would feel in doing a psyche valve. He was a little meaner about it, though. He was like, um, okay, so it's a week before your psyche valve. What I want you to do is I want you to write me a paper. I'm good at writing papers, so I wasn't worried until he said, I want you to write me a paper of what you think your diagnoses are going to be. I'm like, what? He was like, well, who would know you better? Right. So you diagnose yourself. And I was like, boom, I got this. And I go home and I'm like, Psh, easy, easy, whatever. And I give myself, you know, four or five diagnoses. Because that's the thing in psychology is like you diagnose yourself with everything. Mm -hmm. Everything, right? Yeah. But, so I gave myself like PTSD and uh, attachment disorder and anxiety. And I mean, I gave myself a couple, you know, like whatever. And then he made me try and guess my IQ and my AQ. So I write this paper and I get it all done. I've got it to him the next day. And I'm like, here you go. And I go to hand it to him. And he was like, mwah, mwah. he goes, for everything that you get incorrect, it is a month that I will not let you work with a client. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, that's a little like why? And he said, because nobody knows you better than you. So if you misdiagnose yourself, you don't belong in this field. So do you care to revise your paper? And I'm like, well, I definitely care to review my paper. <laughs> right. And I went home and I did change things. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I did get two things wrong though on it. And he did not make me wait two months. But he But it was a lesson to be learned. It was it was a lesson, yeah. 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 And he just wanted to add to the significance of that. But when I paid for that, because I was like, we're not just doing this for free. Like, you know, like he had me pay what everybody else would pay. It's a financial burden. Right. It was $1,500. For a psyche valve? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a six hour long psyche valve. It was, I mean, it was, he did everything. Wow. He did everything. He did the AQ testing, the IQ testing. He did the behavioral analysis. He did the trauma. I mean, he did, he did all of it. Dang. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot, but it was $1,500. That's a financial burden. Yeah. And who can afford to drop $1,500 to see how fucked up they are? Not I. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not I. It's easier to self-diagnose ourselves. True. Or I just have you to do it. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose her. <laughs> but anyway, so there's, there's our Just story. kidding. That never happens. But... Christine, I'm so proud of you. Me we too. we are so proud of you and we're gonna follow that. We're gonna talk about her on here because I'm interested. I wanna know if that were like what it like shows. Well, we're gonna see because she promised me she promised me that she I'm was very share. interested. I'm very yeah. proud of you and Chrissy. Yeah, and every time she has an appointment, I'm like What's going on? I know, and I shouldn't be doing that. Like, I know better, but I'm so interested in it. And she's like, why don't you go do it yourself? And I'm like, because you're doing it. I don't have to. I anyway. want to get that done eventually. Oh, it's so fascinating. Anyway, we'll see. But anyway. And it would also be interesting because you guys are so close in age and, like, grew up together to do yours and hers and compare. Oh, that would, that be, would interesting. be really interesting to see 
where your guys is like because that year difference see what that year difference makes right that'd be super interesting to like mm-hmm. compare your brains Ooh, that actually really would be because then how the brain processes trauma yeah oh uh, because you have the exact same dna yep grew they, up in the exact same and the first couple years of our lives were it was pretty horrific. And you being a year younger, it would be interesting to see. Ooh. <laughs> oh, we're going to do that. That's going to be fascinating. Oh, my gosh. I want to see it. That could be book three. That could be book three. Ooh. And then you can just throw mine in just for, for shits and gigs. And then for generational trauma to see how much Ooh, of it. Ooh, how does generation. See? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we are on to something. We are going to have. Trademark. Trading marking that book idea. Yeah. That's ours. We, Trademark. You heard it here first. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> we reserve the right we reserve the right to any yeah i don't know yeah i don't know either but, but it's that's a great idea have it. that is a great idea that's a really great idea it'd be interesting and then make coral do it oh let's just do it all oh all that'd be us. interesting it really would be hmm it'd be cool okay anyway okay that's all so we digress um where do they find us Look at you remembering. I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what was that screech? Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon, the Suspended Sentence Podcast. If you would like to email us, it's the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to purchase Tracy's book, <laughs> I always um, throw out Barnes & Noble, but anywhere that you buy can buy books online. IDP and the 13 components of criminal thinking and behavior you're you're there you're so close uh, no you're so uh, close uh, i'm getting better every week it's fine. the 13 components to criminal thinking uh, and behavior two. I forgot uh, two. no you always say two. Oh uh, my gosh see i don't even wow. know the title of my book so okay well just type in tracy ferris and barnes and noble it'll pop up idp the 13 components <laughs> of criminal thinking and behavior uh, okay that's that that's what we got okay perfect okay All right, here we go. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. Samantha's bringing it today. And you can thank Scott from Beyond the Shadows for this. Thank you, Scott. Because he, a while ago, messaged me and said, you need to cover this because of your immense fear of pigs. Oh! (laughs) So, Scott! Thank you, Scott! Another reason to be scared of pigs. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Today we are covering a Canada case. I was going to say, this better be a fire case if it's coming from Scott. Ugh. But it will be, just because it's about pigs. Ooh, and another Canadian case. Canadian case. I love that. Um, Which was another request for getting some more... Our Canadian followers want some Canadian cases, so... You'll yeah, get one for last week and one for this week. So. I love it. And and our Canadian followers, like, there was a great response to the last one, even though it was, like, a nasty case and a mm-hmm. hard topic. We got um, a lot of information. We too. got a lot of feedback from you guys. Thank you so much. And I was right. It's territories and provinces. So That's correct. I appreciate you on that mm-hmm. one. Well, so today we are covering Willie Picton. Willie Pigton? Picton? Oh, that's funny because it's about pigs. I mean, I thought you said pig. Have you ever heard of him? No. Oh, I'm so excited that you've never heard of him. All right, so Robert William Picton, also known as Willie Piggy Picton, <laughs> was born October 24th, 1949. Scott, I love you so much. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. I don't love you right now, Scott. 
<laughs> this is fantastic. I texted last night and said, so I just did this and I'm traumatized. So. This is, I'm going to give you the best fire pit story you've ever had <laughs> after this. Thank you. Well, um, was born October 24th, 1949 and raised in British Columbia, Canada, and was the middle child of three. So all three siblings are a year apart. So Ooh. they were busy. Because you're pregnant for nine months. Or bored. Dang. Maybe they just wanted to have a big family and get it over with. So, there's a sister, then there's Willie, and then there's a brother. Okay. So, parents are Leonard Francis Picton and Louise Helen Arna. Louise was known to be a very, very hard worker, while Leonard was known to be very abusive and very, uh, very abusive and very lazy. Oh, sweet. So, um, all of the children were known to always be really, really dirty, and they were known to smell really bad. Oh, no. Um, Which is like... What's the year... They were born in 1949. Okay. Um, kids would call Willie Ratface as a kid. Oh. And because this is the podcast that it is, we know this guy end up, ends up being horrible. But we can feel bad for children without feeling bad for adults. I've said that before. Uh-huh. That's sad. Like, he can't control that his parents are, like, not well-kept humans. And right. He, yeah. Right. The mom, I, I couldn't find any pictures, but there was a lot of accounts where, like, she just let her, like, teeth rot out of her face. So, she had, like, no teeth. She grew a full beard. What? Yeah. How? So, I don't know, but she had a full beard. Oh, interesting. So, apparently, like, and she just, like, was always really, really dirty. They just, and she just, that's what she looked like. Huh. No teeth and a full beard. So, the family lived on a pig farm, and, um... Just to kind of really drive home, like, what their living situation was like. Their house, they would just leave the doors open and pigs could just, like, walk in and out of their house. Oh, that's vile. Uh-huh. That's vile. That's really gross. So, every counter, floor, and wall in their house was covered in blood, mud, and feces. Okay. And they wouldn't clean. I did not know this until just recently. Not just recently, but there was a period of time, do you remember, when we lived, where we lived before... And we had those two naughty pigs. Those naughty pigs, yeah. And they kept getting out, and they were going to butcher the next day, and I didn't want to lose the opportunity for them to go to butcher. So I put them in our garage. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how they pee? Mm-hmm. They pee straight yeah, out. So it pees, like, on walls. They, Yeah, they pee straight mm-hmm. out, like, under their tail. So the pee doesn't go down. It goes straight back. Yeah. So... Pigs coming in your house, I'm not that it would be okay for them to be peeing on the carpet, but that's vile. Yeah. And, and they, pigs are, they smell so bad, yo. Oh, and they never cleaned the house. So, like, that's just what Well, what do you mean? Like. She works really hard, and then her house On the pig kids, farm, but not on her. She didn't give a shit about, like, her family. She cared about her pigs and her farm. Oh, so she worked really hard, but the pigs weren't... Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's such an oxymoron, isn't it? She was such a hard worker, but her kids and her house was a wreck. Yeah. Oh, that was the most sexist thing I think I've ever said on here. I think so. That was pretty sexist. That was a little aggressive. Huh. So, all of the kids before school, and this isn't, like, an abnormal thing. Like, we, like I said, we, we're from Wyoming. Farm chores are not, like, a weird thing before school. No. But they had over 200 pigs, and the kids' chores was to clean every stall before heading to school. Oof. And they would get done cleaning these 200 pins and then immediately leave for school without, well, like, Well, no wonder they smelled. So they might not have been dirty. They might have just smelled like... Pig. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. 
But the other part of that is they would only be allowed to bathe maybe once a week. Yeah. So. That was a thing, though, uh, even when I was a kid. Like, my, where I grew up, like, we were only allowed to take a bath on Saturday night <clears throat> before church on, before church Sunday. Uh, I could, I have, I have really, really long hair. And I always have. I could wash my hair every day in the sink, but we weren't allowed to shower. Yeah. We would, my sister and I, Christine and I, would shower at school. Wow. But just, like, think about that, though. If every day you're mucking out two no, pigs, like, you vile. Think, by the end of the week have to smell so bad. No wonder, like... We have two pigs, and when we do that, like, immediately we come home and everything gets taken off outside and you're in the shower. Well, and think about, too, like, kids are vicious. Oh, my God. And you're sending these kids, and especially, like, the little girl. Oh, my to God. To school like that. Yeah. Like, and no wonder they're calling him, like, rat face and making fun of him and he has no friends. Like... You're not really giving this poor kid a chance. Oh, my God. Ugh. So, Willie was really, really close with his mother, even though she was awful to him. Which, yeah. you've noticed this with, like, other cases. Yeah. Is moms that'll be vilely horrible to their children, mm-hmm. and these boys are just, like, think that that's what love is. Which is so sad. It is so <laughs> sad. And I actually tell you girls that all the time with our little boy, because he's the only boy in our house. <laughs> Because they tease him and they're so, I say mean to him. They're not mean, but they they are relentless to him all the time. And I tell them all the time, you girls are teaching him how girls will treat him later on in his life. But that is so true. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not healthy. (laughs) So even though they live in this, like, can you kind of picture this? Oh, yeah, I got a visual in my head. They had tons of money. Really? Because they had tons of land that they were selling off to real estate developers. So oh. they had, but they didn't that fix anything or clean their house or hire a housekeeper or anything. Oh my no. God. What'd they do with the money? Just kept it. Oh, weird. So Willie's older sister, Linda, she was sent to live with her relatives in Vancouver because their parents eventually thought that this wasn't, the family farm wasn't an acceptable place to raise a young lady. So she gets sent off. And Willie and his younger brother, David, begin working at the farm at a very, like I said, a very young age. And the mother was very demanding, prioritizing the pigs over personal hygiene. They were forced to work really long hours, which, I mean, isn't abnormal in farming families. That's not a weird thing. And it's not abusive or mean or anything like that. But Willie really struggled at school, and he was put in special education classes um, after failing out of second grade. Oh, so at the age of 12, this is really sad. Uh, Willie be- gets a calf that's like his pride mm-hmm. and joy. He mm-hmm. loves this calf. He takes care of this crap, this calf. He's like, it's his buddy. Yeah. Okay. He's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Thinking about like our 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. He, two weeks after getting this calf, fails out of school, gets kicked out of school for a time being. He comes home and can't find his calf. And he goes and he's like looking around the farm, can't find his calf. He goes in and his dad says, oh, Willie, why don't you just go check the barn? And a quote directly from Willie says, he said, I'll just sneak around back and have a look. Well, anyways, there was my calf upside down, cleaned out. He had butchered it. Oh, no. Because he fell out of school. As a punishment. So he killed his calf. What an asshole. Seriously. 
So jumping forward to 1963, they move from that farm and move into a new one. But here's the thing. They like buy this new, like have all this money. They buy this new like ranch, right? Instead of building or buying a new house, they move their nasty crap filled house to the new farm. Oh my God. <laughs> Where they now have 700 pigs. Awesome. This is my worst nightmare. Scott, I hate you. <laughs> Ugh. So at this point, Willie is 14 and he completely leaves school. He's yeah. just done. So for, 14's when he was done. He is then sent to be trained on how to butcher animals, where then he is required to butcher 24 out, four animals a day as his main job for at the farm for years. Okay. So 14 years old, butchering 24 yeah. pigs a day. Here nor there. Two years later, the family opens a business where they start selling frozen meat. And this is labeled as B&C frosted food, but later is turned into B&C freezers because they buy over 100 freezers. And this was a good business idea where people could buy like a whole pig. And if you didn't have freezer space, they would store it for you and you could like come and pick up more. Oh, that's a great idea. Other than the fact that everybody in this town knows that they're like what their house looks like. I'm not leaving my meat there. Hell no. No way in hell. Nor would they be processing any of my animals. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. Um, next little thing, though, is on October 17th of 1967, David, the little brother, the younger brother, gets his driver's license. He's using the company ranch truck when he's driving home from a friend's house and hits a 14-year-old boy on the way home. Oh, no. He goes home, tells his parents, and their first thing is, what's the damage to the truck? So they go out. Dad tells him that he's going to take the truck to a mechanic real fast. While Mama Picton says, come on, boys, we're going to go look for the young boy. She finds him really badly injured, still in the middle of the road. But her motherly instincts clearly don't kick in here because she does not call in for help. She directs her sons to roll him in the ditch. <gasps> and let's go home. So when the boy did not, boy's family did not hear from him and he didn't return home, they went out looking for him, obviously, where they find his shoe in the middle of the road. They see a blood trail, they follow it, and they find the 14-year-old boy dead in the ditch. Oh my God. So an autopsy was performed. The boy had a dislocated pelvis and hemorrhaging to the back of his head, but that's not what his cause of death was. At the bottom of that ditch was water. And because of his injuries, he wasn't able to pull himself out of the water and he drowned. Oh, holy shit. So the mechanic that had fixed the truck was like watching the evening news and they hear that he hears the story and he's like, that's pretty weird. So he does the right thing and he calls the police and they were able to match paint from the truck to paint that was found on the body of the little, of the little boy. But David was a minor, so he was placed on probation. Oh. <gasps> And had his license revoked until he was 21. Canada. Yep. He was only charged with leaving the scene of an accident. Oh, my God. Yeah. 1970. I don't know why. I just go, <gasps> Canada. Canada. Why our America does that uh, shit all the time. Yeah. 1979, Mama Picton dies of cancer um, when Willie was in his 20s. He describes her as a strong, a strong mind and a strong willpower. He says that it, uh, he was asked if he loved his mother and he said that he wishes very much she was still alive. Huh. So 
When she died, though, she left the farm and the money to her daughter and David. Oh, she said that Willie could get some money when he turned 40 and if he worked at the ranch the entire time until he was 40. Why didn't they like him? I don't know. So obviously Willie's pissed about this because his big sister and his little brother already have their inheritance and rights to the ranch. And he has to work there until he's 40 before he <laughs> and can. And essentially his little brother's his boss. Like, and he's, he's like, pissed. what if I want to be a garbage man? <laughs> like, fuck oh, you guys. So at this point, Willie also starts buying junk cars that he intends to quote unquote start working on. Oh, but he doesn't. So now right. the farm's just looking real trashy. They've got like 700 pigs running around. They've got their shit filled house and tons of cars everywhere. Nice. It's a junkyard. Yeah. They also start hiring people at this point. And then they'll work for two weeks and then they just don't pay them. Ever. They're just huh. like, yeah, no. Nah, no. Stand up, so, people. really a shit show out hmm. here at this point. About the same time, Willie starts taking over... Um, leftover meat items. <laughs> Willie's <laughs> like, if I ain't getting paid, neither are you. <laughs> Literally. He's like, I haven't gotten my inheritance. So at this point, Willie starts, gets this idea of taking leftover meat items to a local meat rendering company. I didn't know what a meat rendering company was until I googled it and I did not need to know about that. Do you know what a meat <laughs> rendering company is? Oh, Scott, she is not going to get Do you know what that is? So a meat rendering company, you take essentially, you know how they always say hot dogs are just like leftovers yes. of everything? That's what a meat rendering company yes. is. They take it over and they grind all the gross stuff together. And they together. make hot dogs that you make me eat in New Orleans. Ugh. Well, the guy said that uh, the meat that he was bringing in was sometimes looking pretty weird, like black in color. Uh-oh. Well, in the area of the meat rendering company, which was not in the best area of Vancouver, there was a lot of sex work in this area. It's where you would go to buy drugs, like no, kind of a red light no, district. No, no, Do you see no. where this is going? So while he's down there, he starts looking for sex workers and picking them up very regularly. Back on the farm, though, they're having, like, parties there every night. There's drug and alcohol, massive parties. People are partying, partying at this nasty-ass farm. I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't. Oh, my God. So, David and Willie also, about this time, start fighting really, really regularly. They're just, like, can't handle each other. So <laughs> this they, is a great story. So, they decide that Willie will just get a mobile home this will give them some space. Sure. Willie loves this because he can just drive his mobile home down to pick up his sex workers. He's just, like, living his best life. Holy shit. Around the same time, though, there is a ton of indigenous sex workers that are going missing in the area. But as we've known from other cases, these types of cases are not regularly looked into. A, indigenous women. Yep be sex workers yep. this is two huge demographics that are ignored significantly not looked into mm. ignored yeah yeah use the right word so <clears throat> no one was doing anything about these missing women in 1987 a task force because of a lot of um, a local media went in and was started like investigating themselves about these women and put pressure on the vancouver police department so finally, in 1987, a task force is put in to look into 17 missing women's cases. But by 1987, they give up. Oof. Yep. Yep. So, 
This is just... Did they go into hot dogs? Is that where you're going with this? I don't know. Yes, you do. Lisa, um, this is just before we get into, like, the actual, like... This is just all background here. And I feel like all this background's important. It is important. I feel like it's going to be. <laughs> Willie makes himself a buddy. And her name is Lisa Yeltz. She's a 38 years old when she meets Willie. Her son is friends with his, with David's son. So his nephew. It's New Year's Eve one year when she calls the Picton home looking for her son. David gets married or he just has no, a No, he kid. just pops out kids with oh. party women. Okay. Um, looking for her son. <laughs> with party women. <laughs> <laughs> Willie said that he would go find him and he would get him home. He's just, because Willie's a great guy. They become great friends. Like, and I'm not even being dramatic. Like, they become great friends, him and Lisa. She comes out to the farm. They said that they had a great relationship. She would, like, clean the house, the oh, pig good. shit house for good. them. Like, good. Good. Good woman, right? Yeah. But in a later quote from Lisa, she said that she was always bothered that he kind of reminded her of Ed Gein. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody that reminds me of a serial killer. And if I did, they would not they be my friend. They wouldn't be my really, really good friend. The only thing that she also said in that interview is that Why? Her, because he was so obsessed with his mother? Just, or because... He just gave her Ed Gein vibes. He all, she also said that she felt that he probably could be a serial killer, but she knew that he would never hurt her. Oh, we talked about that in that hyperstophilia episode. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. She said that David and Willie were always really, really paranoid of police. Like, they'd be driving and Willie would, like, freak the fuck out if he saw a cop. Like, just lose his shit. Oh, those that have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. tell me what they did. Well, and I'm only going to cover one of these cases because, spoiler alert, there's a lot. Okay. But I'm only going to cover somebody that survives. Oh. Oh. March 22nd, 1997. Oh! A unnamed woman. 1997? An unnamed woman. She is under a publication ban, so I don't know her name. 31-year-old sex worker, mother of two, runs into Willie when she's down on her luck. She had a very intense drug addiction and had just gambled away her last $60. She also had a very abusive boyfriend at home that would... She had to pay when she got home. Pretty much a pimp. She had a pimp. Willie offers her a hundred bucks to come back to the farm for sex. She agrees because she's like, a hundred bucks. I just lost my sixty. I'm gonna come out on top, right? She's not gonna get in trouble. Yeah, I'm gonna come out on top. Jesus. <laughs> so she agrees to get in his red pickup truck and head out to the farm with him. She goes into the trailer and says that she instantly had a bad feeling. What was it? What was it that made you feel bad? She said the home was absolutely disgusting and that there was a large butcher knife just sitting on the counter. She did say it's not weird for people to have knives sitting on their kitchen counter, but for some reason, this was just like not it. Not it for her. Intuition. He says, we'll go into my bedroom for this. And so she follows him to the back (coughs) where the only things in his bedroom was a sleeping bag on the floor, and a roll of plastic sheeting. Straight buck that. So she panics, and she says, can I use your phone so that I can just let my boyfriend know that I'm going to be a little late tonight? He says no, but that she could use his phone book to look up his phone number so that he can take her to a payphone when he's done. 
While she's looking at the payphone, he grabs her from behind and forces her hand into a handcuff. That is my worst nightmare. Yeah, seriously. <clears throat> she immediately starts fighting. Like, this chick's a badass. Immediately starts fighting, and she remembers the butcher knife sitting on the back of the counter. So she is, like, pretty much getting him to force her backwards so that she can grab this butcher knife. When she grabs it, she slices his faces and his neck. Good. But then all of a sudden she, like, blacks out, and then she said she'd, like, black out, she'd wake up, and they would be, like, still fighting. And then she'd black out, and they'd wake up, and they'd be still fighting. Later, it would come to find out she was blacking out because of blood loss, because he had gotten the knife away from her and stabbed, stabbed her in the stomach. But her adrenaline was running yeah. so much that she was, like, waking up and, like, going back into fight mode. Wow. Which is She's a warrior. Wild. Yeah. So she finally gets away from him and runs across the street. She's, like, banging on the door. Nobody is there. She's, like, trying to break into this house just to, like, get away from him. As an elderly man in a car comes by and he immediately jumps out and is, like, grabbing her. This is really, really trigger warning. Trigger <laughs> warning. It's so funny when you say that. It's like, because Samantha... <laughs> That was like 26 minutes this ago. This old man stopped because he saw a woman running down the street with her intestines hanging out of her body. Yeah. That's some fucking crazy adrenaline. Like, yeah. your insides are on your outside and you're running for help. Like, yeah. that is your body is insane. So he gets her to the hospital <clears throat> and she is immediately rushed into surgery. Obviously. She had been stabbed four times total. Twice in the stomach, once in her arm, and once that one that punctured a lung. Oof. At the time that she's in surgery, the hospital gets word that another stab victim is coming in. It's him. Mm -hmm. So he was sent from a smaller hospital to a bigger hospital because they couldn't treat his neck laceration. Mm -hmm. And as they're, like, getting him into his gown, a handcuff key falls out of his pocket. And the police are like huh, we have somebody in surgery right now with a handcuff on. He's got, hmm. So they go in while she's in surgery and are able to take the handcuffs off of her. And that's how they figured out it was him. Don't handcuff keys go to any handcuffs? I don't think so. Oh, really? I don't think so. I don't know, that's what the report said. Huh. So this immediately gives them able to get a warrant for this property. Yeah. So they go out there. He is treated for three days at the hospital and then taken home. Taken home. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until a few months later that he would be charged with attempted A few murder. months later? Uh, yep. Oof. But he's released on a $2,000 bond. And the attempted murder charge against Picton was stayed on January 27th of 1998. Because the woman had a drug addiction issues, prosecutors did not believe that her testimony would secure them a test a conviction and he was saying she's a drug addict she attacked me it was self-defense oh <sighs> yeah so he was convicted of sexual assault and fined a thousand dollars and 30 days probation for this 30 days probation 30 days probation so now let's just flash forward from 97 to february 6th of 2002 Police execute a search warrant for illegal firearms on the Picton farm. Both Picton's brothers are arrested and police obtain a second war issue, uh, search warrant 
based on what they found at the farm as part of the missing women investigation because a new task force has started in, two, in the early 2000s okay so they're like hmm some stuff out here we need to look a little more into so they get a second search warrant personal items belonging to missing women are found all around the farm which are sealed off by officers and taken to the task force the following day um Picton is charged with weapons offenses, and both our Pictons are later released. So they get their charge, but they're, like, released awaiting trial. <clears throat> Robert Picton is now under police surveillance after finding missing women's items out there, right? February 22nd, 2002, Willie Picton is arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder of the deaths of Serena Absboy and Mona Wilson. On April 2nd, three more charges are added for murders of Jacqueline McDonnell, Diane Rock, and Heather Bloomingly. A sixth charge of murder for Andrea Josbury was laid on on April 9th, following shortly a seventh for Brianna Wolf. Holy September shit. 20th, four more charges are added for first-degree murder. Slayings of Georgia Papkin, Papkin, Patricia Johnson, Helen Hallmark, Jennifer Furmeyer, and another four more charges of the murder of Helen um, Chinock, can't say words, Tanya Heilick, Cheryl Irving, Sherry Irving, and Ina Hall were laid on on October 3rd, bringing the total to 15. May 26th of 2005, 12 more charges oh are laid against God. Willie Picton for the killings of Carla, uh, Carla Ellis, Andrea Bohaven, Deborah Lynn Jones, Marina Frey, Tiffany Drew, Carrie Konask, uh, Sarah, I'm going to say this wrong, it's French, DeVeres, Cynthia Ferrix, Andrea Carney, Wendy Crawford, Diana Menick, and Jane Doe, bringing the total up to first degree murder charges of 27 women. Holy shit. So evacuations are, they're digging up this farm, right? They found all this stuff out there. They're like, digging up this farm in November of 2003. Excavation. Yep. They are, the cost of this investigation cost Canada $70 million by the end of 20, uh, 2003. Oh my God. <sighs> Forensic analysis proved difficult because bodies had been left to decompose, had been eaten by insects, and fed to the pigs on the farm. During the uh, early days of excavations, forensic anthropologists brought in heavy equipment, including two 50-foot flat conveyor belts and soil sifters to find trace human remains. On March 10th, it's my birthday of 2004. I wasn't born in 2004, but it's my birthday still. The government um, revealed that Picton may have ground up human flesh and mixed it in with the pork he was selling to the public. Oh my god. Provinces <laughs> Health Authority then issued a warning not to eat meat from the Picton farm. Oh my god. <laughs> Scott, I hate you so much. Oh, Scott, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now maybe everybody will think <sighs> twice before eating a hot dog. Picton's trial begins January 30th of 2006 in a new Westminster. Picton pled not guilty to the 27 charges of first-degree murder to the Supreme Court of British Columbia. 
Um, so reporters were not allowed to disclose anything during arguments because this was like a highly sensitive case, but <sighs> they decide on March 17th, one of the counts being rejected by Justice James Williams for lack of evidence. On August 9th, Justice Williams severed the charges, splitting them into groups of six counts uh, and the other of 20 counts. Trial proceeds and they end up deciding that they're going to drop a lot of charges because they don't feel like he's going to be able to be charged for all of this. They said that it was unreasonable burden of a jury to try to convict him of 26 charges. So, and he was worried about a mischarge or mistrial. So they start a, um, they start the jury trial of the first six counts. So mm -hmm. they're just going to do six. This was initially set on January 8th of 2007, but was later postponed to January 22nd. On that date, Picton was facing first-degree murder charges for the death of six women. At this time, the media ban was lifted and the following information was released. Okay, trigger warning. During, trigger, trigger warning! During <laughs> Picton's trial, lab staff testified that about 80 unidentified DNA profiles, roughly half male and half female, had been found. A loaded 22 revolver with a dildo over the barrel and one shot fired through it. A box of... Did you say that right? Yep. I did. Used a dildo as a silencer? Nope. Put the dildo on the gun and then fired it into a human. <gasps> yep. Boxes of 357 um, handgun handgun ammunition, night vision goggles, two pairs of handcuffs, syringes filled with fly spray, the blue fly spray. Holy shit. Um, a videotape recording played for the jury where he <sighs> explained to one of his buddies that a great way to kill sex workers would be to uh, inject them with either the, the fly spray or... Um, Oh my gosh, I just lost my spot. What I'm thinking of. What my husband drank that one time. Oh, antifreeze. Antifreeze. Injecting that into them. That's oh a story for that's a story for another time. Oh my um, god. What my husband drank that one time. Uh, he also said there was a second videotape where Picton was talking to an associate named Andrew Bellwood. Mentioning that he was going to kill sex workers by handcuffing, strangling them, feeding them, bleeding them, and then gutting them and feeding them to his pigs. So, Oof. photos of the context of a garbage can found inside the Picton Slaughterhouse with the remains of Mona Wilson inside of it. December 9th, 2007, jury returns, uh, returns with a verdict that Picton was not guilty on six counts of first degree murder, but guilty of six counts of second degree murder. December 11th of 2007, after reading 18 victim impact statements, he was sentenced to life um, with no possibility of parole for 25 years, the maximum punishment for secondary murder in Canada. One count of that. So after 25 he years, he can <clears throat> he's eligible for parole after 25 years. Life in prison without the possibility of parole uh, af up to 25 years. After 25 years, he can start appealing for so that's not life in prison without the possibility of parole. Nope. Sure is not. 
<laughs> how old is he? Where is he? He's 74 now. And he's, how many years does he have left? Well, so this is in 2007. That's math. Ooh. But, so, um. Let's write to him. Seriously. No, thank you. See it. So, Why? to this day, Willie Picton is known as the pig farm killer or the butcher. <clears throat> he is a Canadian serial killer, serial rapist, former pig farmer, possible cannibal, not possible, he's a cannibal, who is suspected of being the most prolific, prof prolific, thank you, serial killer in Canadian history. All, um, all in all, he was convicted of the six murders, charged with 26 murders, and has confessed <laughs> to 49 murders between the years of 1983 and 2002. He confessed, but the jury did not convict him on first-degree murder. He was, nope. Oh, that's interesting. I need to look up Canadian law. Is that not the most disgusting? I was like, I could have gone, like, this could have probably been, like, a seven-part episode. But I was like, I'm just going to, like, tell the story of a survivor and let your imagination play the rest. Oh, my gosh. Because we have a list of at least 26 women that, I mean, that I, read, I read most of them. They but. found out there. Why would there Canada? Canada? So that is, Scott, you're welcome. And that's kind of is a suspended sentence. He confessed to 49 and he got one, essentially one sentence of 25 years, essentially. I mean, he potentially could be there forever. Potentially. potentially but he's eligible. And we know how these parole things go. Is any family members that are still alive are going to have to come in uh. every couple of years relive all of this to on why they you know, don't think he should I, be. I appreciate how they don't just group 26 or 49 or whatever murders into one hearing. Like, I really do appreciate that because I think every person deserves their own time. I really do. However... But they didn't ever take into trial for anybody else. So there's 20 women... Oh my gosh. They that, must think that he's not going to get out. That, his story, that their story isn't told. <laughs> Whoa. <clears throat> so, if you live in Canada, just don't ever eat pork. So, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of import export between Canada and the United States. You know. Oh, I forgot to mention that in the seventies, he had a pen pal in Kansas and was in America for a little while. So he may have been killing people here. Who knows? So is Lisa still his friend? I don't know. Is that her name? Yeah. That's interesting. Ugh. Did his brother get in trouble? No. 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 They said that they didn't know anything about it. He just... Ugh. And this, like, place, too, and here's, like, the thing, is... I figured I'd mention at the end, but, like, they were, like, doing all kinds of weird stuff, right? So, like, the pig farm, his car collection. David had decided he was going to, like, open a bar out there. It was an illegal bar that, like off-duty officers would like go hang out at and it was like a known place to like pick up sex workers and buy drugs and all these off-duty officers are out there all these off-duty officers as he's like there's dead bodies laying everywhere you just i don't know use your cop skills and like oh that's fascinating i wish i knew more about canadian law i'm gonna research yeah because we could, like i said this could have been like a seven part <laughs> episode but that's disgusting. Scott, you suck. Scott, why? Why, Scott, why? That's funny, though. 
That's funny. I mean, that's a, I mean, 200, 700 pigs to two, though, that's vastly different. Samantha. It's not. <laughs> oh, funny. so it's kind of like your Winchester episode with yeah. the guy feeding people to pigs. But it's just the whole, like, oh, I'm going to get rid of these. So there's a theory that that the meat rendering place, he was, it was like, they were indigenous women. Yeah, I, I yeah, I picked that up. That's nasty. All right. Well, there you go. There you Nothing go. Nothing safe. I'm going to post some pictures of my pigs. They're not growing very, very fast. They will, but. Ugh, I'm so scared of them. I'm so scared of them. Scott, I hate you for this. No, Scott, that was a great story. That was a great story. Ugh, just kidding. I still love you, Scott. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us for that. Bye, guys. Uh, stay safe.